Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. Today we have David Magida back on the show. Very excited to have him back on. David and I, we've gotten close over the past couple of years while competing over hybrid racing and we just have a lot to chat about. We talk a lot about training, we talk about some business, we talk about the upcoming races for 2022 and just maybe some different options that you know I might like want, want to see in a the hybrid arena. So awesome conversation. You know the guy, very smart, very well thought out. So I think you'll enjoy it very much. Also, just a quick reminder to make sure to check out Reinforced Running YouTube. New video up and talking all about the past couple weeks of uh, progression for High Rocks in particular. So if you're interested in hybrid training, make sure you check that out. Some uh, couple different workouts and that I've been playing around with and kind of testing out and showing the results of uh, what, what's happened over those courses of, of weeks with those workouts. So if you like that, make sure to check the link in the show notes or head to YouTube, uh, Rich Ryan on YouTube. All right, cool. Here's our guy, David Magida. Do you guys think you're in the city for a long time? I mean, your gym's there, right? Are you guys like city people? Mm, no, honestly, I'm not a city person. Like, I grew up in Maryland outside D.C., so like D.C. was home. And I came back to D.C. in 2012 after grad school to – um to work i got i got a, I had a job downtown like suit and tie sitting in a cubicle working with like sounds fun yeah awesome. working with people that all used to work in the white house so they're not like super serious people or anything um <laughs> and uh yeah i just was like this isn't for me and um you know did did some management consulting after that for a little bit and then opened my gym and um you know we actually were at two locations and then before the pandemic I was on the verge of signing a third lease to have a third location, which would have been like a concept change. We would have had like, instead of just being like an Elevate studio, it was going to be like a, like a, uh, almost like a, it was attached to like this thing that's going to be, that's a food hall. And we were going to have be like, like a fitness hall. And it was going to be like a yoga room and spin room and then have Mm. all the Elevate offerings. And it was gonna be this really cool thing. So we were going to pivot our concept a little bit to be more all encompassing so we could fight back against the evil empire that is class pass but uh it didn't um it didn't pan out because the day i was gonna sign the lease was march 14th 2020 and i was like i was like i don't feel good about this so uh i was i don't know about this covid thing but it's making me nervous and i just don't think this is a good time guys so after i'd already designed the space with the architects and everything so um because these guys had already built their building so i backed out the next day, we closed our studio for three months. Yeah. And, um, and then in the last, I don't know, just before Christmas, we actually closed one of my locations permanently. So, Oh, did you, uh, clo- you close that, the second one that you, yeah. that you had? Yeah, so we're back wow. to the, well, the original location. COVID's really beating the heck out of us. I mean, I can't imagine doing two locations without COVID and, and just how like thin you must feel like how – in yes. terms of being able to really put in a lot of your effort on one space or the other. What did that boil down to? Was it just time or was it was it not lucrative? Because, I mean, you're going to have to build back up, I'm sure, from Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like the times. most lucrative studio, but it wasn't the it wasn't the issue. It was um, actually the landlord. So one of the issues that DC's having is it is the number one city in America in terms of the highest percentage of people that have moved out of the city during COVID. So oh wow, there's vacancies everywhere. Like over 2% of the population has moved out officially and then unofficially way more. Um, and so there are vacancies everywhere in the city right now. And 
I know two percent doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually massive when you consider that it's mostly hundreds people that of live thousands in the, of people, yeah. and it's mostly people in the apartment buildings. So the apartment building wow. that we were in, that we're the retail space for, um, they are desperately trying to refill and their their apartments, which is how these buildings make like ninety eight percent of their money. They don't care about the retail money, and mm. so. They basically are like, okay, how do we compete with all these sick buildings around us that have these crazy gyms and stuff? And and we gave all their residents like a huge discount to our studio. But their whole thing was like, we need to reclaim this space. We need to build out an awesome gym for our residents. And so they're trying to uh, like add they so they they used an early termination clause. And so um yeah. That Oh, so it was oh okay. So it was a oh. It was almost on both sides then. It's like, okay, if this isn't going to work, then I'm not going to force this thing here. I mean, I couldn't fight it. It's it's in writing that they can exercise yeah. it, and they they can you know they have a few months once they say it, you know. So we're like in the process still of moving the last few things out. Um, and he, not awesome done, timing. Not awesome timing. Yeah, but also it's not like you got to the point where it was just sucking money out from under you, and then you just pushed everything you could to it and then you're like all right we got to close this thing at least it was well like- you know yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know a lot of gym owners in big cities who are doing awesome right now but yeah but we're hanging on and and that's all we can ask for right now i mean long term you asked you know are my my city person no i would like to um eventually take a bunch of fitness equipment move somewhere out into the burbs somewhere set up a suite set up with like three to four good fit stations of like each piece of equipment at my house, like build out, have a big piece of land, build out an indoor outdoor thing, put turf down in the backyard, have a covered <laughs> pavilion, uh, and just, you know, coach four to six people at a time in my yard for three hours a day and raise my kid. And, you know, that'd be really cool. I don't know if that'll awesome. ever happen, but you know, yeah, it's a, it's a numbers game, right? When you got it, when you're in the city, just more people around and more people who might, yeah. more younger people who might be interested in that type of thing. Have you more guys cost more cost more cost know? for sure? Holy for sure. moly, rent is is just insane. And we tried to relocate the other studio, and the the prices were like people were like, yeah, like we're just charging the same rates per square foot for retail space as we did before the pandemic. And I'm like, nobody can pay that anymore. Like, what? Are you How does that about? work? Yeah, it doesn't. doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and how is that going to be long, like, sustainable long term for just like the local economy? Like, that's a whole different different thing in terms of talking about how, like, what where this goes because of the pricing of things. It doesn't really seem to make sense to me. It's insane. Um, so, did you guys try kind of change, like, pivot your gym? Uh, concept recently anyway like not necessarily i mean i know it's under the same elevate and like the branding is all the same but it looks like it's a straight up hybrid fitness gym like you guys are pushing sleds it seems like you have everybody doing that not like your own type of training has it always been that way no or have uh, you... hybrid's new um so we we've we've been rolling with this like constant evolution since covid started like first we closed so the day we closed we put out our first um online workout and not mm-hmm. just like, uh, hey, do these exercises. Like, uh, I recorded a workout doing the workout, talking to the camera, like like almost like P90X style, uh, yeah. all body weight. And then we, we released uh, over 300 workouts over the course of, 
uh, our closure and then post closure when we reopened, we were still, so we were doing them every day when we were closed. And then for the next year, three a week of body weight and one a week of, of dumbbell workouts, we went and ordered a shipping container of dumbbells from China and sold dumbbells to all our members so that they could have weights at home so that they could do dumbbell workouts. We, um, we reopened, we had to be 10 feet apart. So we had to rewrite all of our programming so that each person, like for like a much smaller group of people, less movements around the room, everyone's mm -hmm. kind of more stationary. Um, we had to take out a lot of our like interactive stuff for a while, the partner workouts, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then we decided to launch, and we had out, we had to launch an outdoor program. Then we launched our um, semi-private training, which we hadn't had before. So groups of four to six people, I launched Hybrid Athlete, so we bought a bunch of sleds. I bought carpets to roll out to push them on. We um, bought ski ergs. We, we went and all in on Hybrid, and that's been a really successful program for us, um, training people for High Rocks and DecoFit and stuff. Uh, one Jamel, who helped me open the original location, he's a bodybuilder, so he launched a Power Athlete program with, hmm. uh, with like, the five basic lifts. So it's it's row deadlift squat bench press overhead press and then um they go through the progressions of different phases on it and they go through unilateral strength and they go through all these different things and um it's like a really it's a bodybuilder style program not that you become a bodybuilder but like you live it's strong you yeah really really strong so we launched heavyweight yeah then we then we took my traditional I have a strength program, an endurance program, and I have a, like a, we called it classic hit. We rebranded classic hit to hit and run because essentially it's a half hit class, half run training class, you know, something that like the masses really like. Um, and we added a second hit program it actually starts tomorrow that's called functional hit. And we're, it's, it's like stations, longer intervals, minimal running, because in DC you still have to wear a mask when you work out. So people are having trouble. Some people are having trouble with the running workouts. Yeah. So we're giving them more options there. We're launching a progressive overload training program. You know, like we have like, we have, we are just rolling out all this new stuff to just like, how can we be different? How can we continue to, you know, be worth the money? Because we we're expensive, man. Like we, yeah, we offer I mean, a lot. Totally. It's, it seems like it's more comprehensive and shifted much more toward performance. And with the uh, like the hybrid stuff, you know, that's you know what you and I what we're training for, what we're doing, and now you're being able to see people who might not have much of a background in it, uh, or who are coming in to train specifically for it. Like, what do you what are you finding are like the most important things? to help people that might just start to walk in the gym like where are the gaps in their fitness like where are you spending the most time what's giving them the most bang for their buck dude i mean everybody's different um some people it, it really depends on one where your fitness is at and two what are you training for because those are there's such a range that i get i get a lot of like just average ordinary people who walk in the gym and the first thing and i'm like hey what are you training for and they're like Oh, uh, you know, nothing really. Or they'd say mm -hmm. like the life or, right. uh, you know, I'm just trying to, to see get, my abs. I'm just trying to get yeah. it back, get it back. Yeah, like, yeah, did, yeah. You, <laughs> did you ever have it? Like, um, and so, um, you know, it's, it's one, it's like training them to like establish perspective. Like, what are you actually training for? Give me a tangible goal. And then, you know, for me, I drive people to like, okay, body weight, 
that's crappy goal. Don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like, I'm trying to... Like, like, like the number on yeah. the scale you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, your weight, irrelevant. Unless you're like, I'm trying to put bulk on, you know? But like, I'm trying to lose weight is an irrelevant goal because you're, gonna, you're not going to lose weight as you build muscle, you know? Right. Um, so I'm like, hey, I want you to put things on your calendar. Like, I talked about this in a post I put up the other day. Like, you should have short-term goals. You should have intermediate goals. You should have long-term goals every year. And so... Short-term goals are things two to three months out, intermediate, and that could be like an upcoming race or something like that. An intermediate goal is going to be something six months out, and that could be like like for me, my intermediate goal is high rocks in May in Vegas, mm-hmm. right? And then my short-term goals U.S. Championship. So that's what I'm really dialing in on right now. With the long-term, when you know, with the focus on May, and then my long-term goal is going to be in. You know, September, I've got Berlin Marathon. So, mm. you know, you've got something and you want these things spaced out so that you can put training cycles between them and you want them, you need something hanging over your head, making you nervous every morning. I need to get after it, you know, that sort of thing. So one of the biggest struggles is getting people to approach it that way. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about fitness like itself. It's like, gosh, I have to teach you how to hinge. I have to right. teach you how to... uh how to do a deadlift correctly, how to, um, honestly, how to run, how to breathe with your nose. <laughs> like, it's amazing. So you're saying it's a lot more like I teach you patterns. Yeah, We okay. have a lot Just of like- work to do with people with movement patterns. We are um, launching a foundations program too, so that like folks who are like, really new to fitness We'll have like a hinge day. We'll have a teach you how to row day. We'll have a, yeah. those are going to be like weekend extra free things that we just do. Like, but yeah, I mean, the biggest things. thing is that and it's, and it's perspective. It's like, Hey, this workout doesn't have to be sexy for for it to be effective. Like you need to do this, like, even though you don't like it, like focus on the things that you don't like that you aren't good at until you like them. This is, this is interesting. The uh, guy who's been on the, uh, uh, this podcast a couple of times. He's more of a, a sports performance psychologist, whatever. He always talks about how people get lost in like the high level and low level things where what you're talking about is movement patterns, you know, hinging, recovering, breathing. That's low level stuff where people often want to be like program design and, and specific movements and all this and that. It's like, well, you just need to pay attention to the really small things before you can even consider these bigger picture things and like jumping yeah. in the game because it's, it's not where you get the results. Dude, I had a girl come in, in short term. a girl came in yesterday and she's like, I was like, what are you training for? And she's like, I want to do a half marathon in end of March. And I was like, awesome. This is great. Awesome goal. Great start. We have a short term goal. And she's like, do I have to run outside to do this? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> yes, you cannot just you can't just come to my classes and then like be uh, ready for your half marathon. Like the classes are good and here's the schedule I'm going to build for you. She's going to take my hybrid athlete program on Mondays oh, nice. and Thursdays. On Wednesdays she's going to do my endurance program which I usually can get 7ish miles of volume in it, sometimes 8. Normal people are going to get 4 to 5. Um and then um She's going to do one of my either functional hit or hit and run classes on another day. Then I have Saturdays. She's required to have her long run day. And then I told her that three days a week, I want her to add 20 to 30 minutes of running on top of the class that she takes. So 
it's like, okay, that's the minimum amount of running that we can get you to do to get you to your goal on this race. But really, if you really want to like kill this race, you need to be running like four to five days a week. And this, this is something that is different than what most gyms would do, right? Where you're setting up a plan for them inside and outside and when to actually come to the classes where mostly gyms are like, yeah, come to the endurance class. We do it five days a week whenever you can make it come. But you're like, X, Y, Z, this, 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 and this. And you're doing that for like every member? Well, so it, it, kind, of writes, it kind of writes itself in that um, we only run endurance classes on Wednesdays and Sundays. So if you're training right. for a race, you need to take endurance, and it's Wednesdays and Sundays. Hybrid is only Mondays and Thursdays. Um, so if you're in, if you're one of my hybrid athletes, and that's a small group of people, your schedule is already kind of built because of that. Because you're either hybrid athlete focusing on your endurance, and you're adding the endurance class, or you're a hybrid athlete who needs to improve their strength, which is I have a lot of those. I have a lot of runners who need to get stronger. They're training for high rocks. And so those people need to add a functional hit class and a strength class, not the endurance class. I know that they can run. Like I've got a woman who she won the Cape Fear 50 miler, which is Mm. uh, one of the bad water qualifiers. So she's she's an animal, right? I need her to get strong. I don't need her to be able to run more. So um, it it really depends. Whoop! did I lose you? No, I'm here. I just you hear lost me? video. I lost my visual. I see, I see you, and I see oh, me. No. Okay. Get me back on that screen. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Oh, I found you. Okay. Hey, what's up? Hey, um, man. You look good. Thank you. Early morning. We're doing great. So I'm sure like you're talking about your goal setting. You mentioned some of the goals that you had this year, but uh, I would love to talk a little bit about last year and some of like – like your reflection points on, on that, because I'm sure it's, it has a little bit to do with the the goal setting moving forward is looking backward a little bit, seeing what works, seeing what didn't work. So how are you feeling overall about last year? I mean, like it seemed from my perspective that you had some some good success. I mean, you ran 63 and change a couple times in the hybrid space. You ran 237 in the full, which is freaking awesome in New York, too, which is not fast. And you're a big dude to run that fast, right? Um, we're, we're considering the... The Cl- the Clydesdale ma- the marathon record is it something that's do you know who has it or is it just like a like legend has it this person like their run the record is two thirty five if you're two hundred pounds it just sounds like a number I think it's a legend I think it's a legend has it and I've I've heard yeah. <laughs> I, the fastest that I have heard is two thirty six and okay. I believe I believe like I don't remember the guy's name but he was like. He's like six foot seven. So Uh-oh. it doesn't even. It's, That's cheating. It's honestly baloney. I ran, I was 193 pounds on race day. Um, and so, and I ran 237.41 um, on New York, which is like, honestly, all hills, I mean, all bridges. It's crazy. And not just hills. Like, we're talking like some of these hills are like a mile long. Like the the Verrazano Bridge is a mile long to start the race. Like you come off that and you're like, I just ran a six forty on my first mile. Like I'm forty <laughs> seconds behind, behind pace. I am <laughs> yeah. way behind already. Uh, no, I think I think I still ended up pulling out like a sub six thirty. It was just like the whole time I'm running it, I was like, we're going six forty. But then like I got comfortable and picked it up. And like the the uh, Queensboro Bridge is like over a mile long and you're just like going up for like a mile and you're like and that's a hard part of the race that's like mile 15 that's like when you're starting Mm -hmm. to not feel as good and 
that's when I had the biggest group of guys with me, like all pretty serious runners. And you start seeing dudes falling apart there. I ran with this kid who was some collegiate runner for a huge chunk of the race. Like we met up in the first mile, we were talking. He told me he wanted to go under 240. I said, stick with me, kid. Every time he'd try and go too fast, I would slow him down. I'd be like, uh, 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 we're going 559s right now. We're not going 552s. And uh, and he was with me. Like We shared nutrition a couple times. He he had two buddies hand him Martin on the course. Oh, nice. and he, he gave me a swig, which was awesome. Um, but then, I know in these times, in COVID. Um, got to do what you got to do, took, man. I took the chance. Uh, yeah. But... Um, but then after the Queensboro Bridge, man, he looked over at me maybe a mile later and he goes, Dave, I don't feel so good. I don't feel so good. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. And he's like, just just leave me, man. Just go. Go get it. <laughs> and then, like, leave me behind. Uh, never and- saw him ever again. He's gone never from your again. life forever. <laughs> no, I, I checked his time after the race and I ended up beating him by like 30 minutes. Oh, geez. So he was like, way def- over his head from the beginning. No, I don't think so, man. I just think, I think this is marathon. Like, I think like... Like I have imploded my in Miami in two thousand and like eleven. I was pacing a woman trying to qualify for Olympic trials, so we wanted to go like two forty six under two forty six. And at the time for me, that was probably over my head because I was just not what I am now. And uh, I blew up hard, like at mile eighteen, and I ran like three eleven. Like I like was like walking and like you that's know what I mean. What I mean. You were. You were in over your head, though, like for 18 miles, he ran too fast. So this kid was probably running 15 miles where he should have been running like 6.10s, right? But yeah, felt good, yeah, yeah. right? He probably felt good running 6.02s or whatever. He's like, this is easy. He, he wanted to but, run five. He wanted to run 5.50s. And that was, yeah, you know. But wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. Yeah. And I'd be, look, I've been there, man. So it's marathon. I've been there, too. Just, yeah. Marathon, like everybody just thinks like, oh, like – I, I just nailed this 15-miler, like, marathon, whatever. Like, I got a guy I coach who, like, is not a runner, but he's like, I've got to do a marathon at some point in my life. He's like, he's like I'll be ready to do one in three months, right? He's like, he's like I just knocked out a 10-mile run on Christmas Day like it was nothing. And I was like, all right, dude. You, I mean, I, I hope you don't walk for four hours at the end of your race because that's what I think will happen to you if you go into a marathon <laughs> in a few months. Like, I think it's- you really need – I've been seeing – more and more I'm just kind of like letting people do that type of thing. They're just like, well, I think I could be able to – I'm like I'm not telling them what pace to run. just letting them like figure – I think people need, what do you think, four to five cracks at a marathon to really have any idea of what it's going to be like, like to have any I, good – Yeah, I mean my New York marathon was my fourth, and it's the first time that I feel truly successful. Like I ran two – I ran in 2010 and 2011 – in November 2010 and January 2011, I ran a tune-up and a marathon. And my first one was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I was discovering while I was out there, like, oh, I feel good. I'm going, I can go faster than I thought I could go. Like, I was really conservative for the first 10K. And then I hammered for 13 miles, and then I blew up hard. All right? And then my second one, I blew up hard because I pushed the whole time. And then my third one, I ran with Mark. We set a goal pace which is about the same as what i was planning for new york except mark decided to ratchet me up like you know 10 seconds a mile faster on the from the 13 mile mark on and then i blew up it's too Um, early but a different blow up like not like a cramping collapsing blow up like the other ones this was just like i just ran out of energy i just wasn't ready and i didn't have the right nutrition so you learned i learned about nutrition and 
getting more long runs to prep. And then this one, New York, I finally nailed it. And I thought I almost didn't nail this. I cramped and fought the cramp off. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think the marathon is just a, it's a finicky beast. And you, you got to have your nutrition so dialed in. Like, you got to be so perfect there. It's just so long. And I, th- I think I talk about this a lot with OCR where there's so many things that can go wrong. And even just like a sprint for OCR, right? Like you do like a sprint, like you're going to screw up something, you're going to hold something wrong, you're going to not take the mm-hmm. corners, right? There's just a bunch of stuff. But the marathon's just, it's so long. It's so much things. There's so much stuff that can go wrong like internally. And like you said, with like the nutrition and the pacing of things that it just needs, it needs to be a, a dedicated to if you really want to like qualify for Boston. Like that's when people come to me about like, oh, I want to qualify for Boston. If they've never run a marathon before, it's like... Like, are you going to do this for five, four or five years? Because like, it's probably not going to happen in six months. Like, it, well, it takes time. And that's why I signed up for Berlin. Is I was like, I'm going to take this marathon fitness that like I probably still have like 95 percent of right now, and just keep it going. And I'll run less this year, but I have a plan to. Even though I'm focusing on high rocks in the first half of the year, like my plan is to every other week still put in like a 20 mile run. Like, mm. it doesn't have to be a mm. hard 20-mile run, but, like, every other week, just just go out and run for, like, a three-hour run or a two-hour and 30-minute run. And when, and sometimes those will be harder efforts. And then I'm also planning to, every couple weeks, put in, like, a, like a threshold, like, 10-mile-ish hard effort. And, like, so the idea is, like, more race-specific workouts for marathon. And then with that less mileage overall like less concerned about running six days a week but like really good workouts when i'm running and you're spreading them out to the point where it's not like uh you know five week build up where it's like long run hard run long run like everything's back to back you're kind of spreading it out like the 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 density of it isn't like what it would be where leading into new york leading into new york I don't know if you remember, but I went from High Rocks World Championships to New York in, it was like, I I put in like a six-week training block from like the middle of September. That was when I switched to full marathon training. Like I ran 50 miles a week on average the whole year, but, um, but I went to, okay, this is how you train for a marathon in six weeks. And I did a 20 miler every Tuesday. I called it my Tuesday 20. And... (laughs) And I did like five consecutive weeks of twenty mile runs with uh, with with one of, with like with uh, one of them being uh, I did a twenty miler on Tuesday at like six forty pace maybe, and then that Friday I did another twenty mile run. I did a I did I think a twenty four and a half and then a twenty mile run three days apart. And the second one I did at like sub six thirty pace and. I was like, okay, like I now feel confident. Like, I, so you were I got cramming to, it in. You you were like really cramming end, that training and kind of. That yeah. was like my my buddy Charlie, who's like a sub fifteen five k guy. Is like that's insane that you tried to do that. Like he's like the the durability that's required. He's like I'd break in half. Right. But all right. strength that's training, man, makes you so stuff. durable, so durable. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then so. Overall, in 2021, do you feel like that was a success for you with the marathon stuff, the hybrid stuff? How did you, yeah. you, you leave 2021? Super positive. Yeah, it's great, man. Like, not every race is going to go your way. Like, you know, I 
I botched the U.S. championships, but I, I didn't botch. I really, I don't think something was wrong with me that day. I'm certain of that. Um, but, you know, like I came in, I ran great at the High Rocks Invitational, which um, they made us overrun the first thousand meters. We actually ran like like 1150 or 1200, I think, on the first thousand meters. Um, so They'll never I mean, figure I mean, out that first thousand. It's just going to be... It was so long. Always something it was, ridiculous. It's either it's long or short. Actually, you know what? I don't know if that one was long. That one was not overrun. This year, this time Dallas was. This Dallas was? Was was like an extra 200 plus meters uh, at the start. So instead of doing the the three laps, we had to do a fourth lap on the first one. It was like, jeez, oh, this is long. Um, and then, because uh, it was like four, it was like three and three quarters laps or whatever on the first one. Um, and then, yeah, so Dallas, I was thrilled with my debut. You know, obviously I wanted to win that race, but I wasn't ready from a skill perspective. Like, pulling the sled was just, I wasn't prepped for. Mm-hmm. Or Orlando went great, aside from I wore the wrong shoes and cost myself probably like three minutes in that race. Learned that lesson. Yeah, yeah. Lessons learned. That, yeah, that don't wear vapor flies. Um, you know, now you know. Gen- Gen one Vaporfly, also like the most slippery non-traction issue on car. Just, but it makes sense that on that the way that that Zoomex foam would feel on linoleum, it just is like let's just try, let's just see yeah. how it goes. Dude, honestly, what's crazy is that it, it worked for the push, it just couldn't work for the pull. Um, and then, uh, and it worked on the run, amazing, like the best mm. shoe on that concrete. Um, and then. You know, what else did we have? DecaFit. DecaFit was a great race, you know. Yep. You ran awesome that day. I was mad because I had my little rower snafu that kept me from being able to race head-to-head with you. But Such uh, a short race, man. It's just like dude, some, one thing like that. and You get a 20-second, like, my I can't get my binding set on my rower situation, and you are – it is over. Um, and then uh, what else we had? We had um, – oh, then Chicago. I just – had nothing that day, the whole day. And then um, lots of other races in between, you know, ran some Spartan races that didn't go well, ran a couple that did. Um, and then World Championships. I mean, I'm not happy with how I actually ran at World Championships, but I'm happy that fifth place is not like a bad finish at World Championships for high rocks. In the mix, for sure. Oh, I mean, and in the fight, like Alexander Roncevic, I beat in Dallas by a lot. He got second overall, and I battled him. I was ahead of him for half that race. It was him and uh, I was ahead of um, Tiago for the majority of the race. I was ahead of a lot of guys. So, you know. Did Tiago come out of there like in I, – I was I was literally just watching this on Monday. I was rewatching the race and it was – I feel like even after Farmer's Walk, he was behind everybody. I honestly didn't, didn't see him for like – he was also like in a lane like really far away from me. So I like didn't even notice yeah. him until like – he was ahead of me on a run. And I was like, where did this guy come from? But I, like, I ran the first half of that race so aggressive, like, so stupidly, because I basically came off the first run. I ran faster than I would normally run the opening thousand. And I was in 16th out of 18 males. Plus, there were women ahead of me. So it just was like, like, what the heck is going on? 
we run into the skiers and they're like grab the first one you see and it's like boop 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 guys like running into each other and the one in front of me and the one behind me got taken and then behind that behind that behind that and so i like running around like where do i go and i sprinted over to like the back again to the entrance way to that area and found a skier oh, and geez. i was like 20 seconds back by the time i started skiing so then i panicked i overskied i overran on the next thousand and then i was like really my heart rate was in a bad place going into the sleds couldn't lower it enough on the push and then uh ran another hard thousand because <laughs> hunter was like right in front of me and then i was like trying to chase him for a couple rounds and then i blew up at the burpee broad jump and then it was like a slog the rest of the way <laughs> uh, so like it's like, listen, that's my fourth Pyrox, and it's still, like, lesson learned. Like, just run your race, you know? Just stop. Just – you can't worry about all these people around you. When you were going into – it was Dallas this year, right, where you're on yeah. your Hyrox like, the two weeks after the marathon or whatever. Oh, you're, like, yeah. I'm just gonna, you're like, I'm just going to run super slow, hammer the stations. Yeah. What, did you run, like, a 90-second PR or something? I think um, – I think, yeah, like 80-something second PR, yeah. I think. Yeah, and and honestly, and that's with the extra 250 meters right. at the front end of it. Like, I think it was really like an extra 50 seconds plus of running. So I'm I'm now thinking that every single person who's ever run a High Rocks runs the first thousand, the first two thousands, and skis too hard. Yeah, like, oh, for sure. For sure. Hunter included. Like Hunter included. And, yeah. and he's able to kind of get away with it because he can. The sleds don't beat him beat him up as much. But I think he's going out too hard too. I think everybody's going out too hard. I mean, all of those guys, their later thousands. Like if you look at their thousand meter splits, they're like terrible at the end. Like the European dudes. Everybody, everybody. everybody. You watch these guys, and they're <laughs> yeah. like they're running like four twenty on their on their eighth thousand. Like you know, I, I still in Dallas. I think I still ran like a three fifty something on my final thousand meters and that was despite the fact that i purposely was holding back on that last one so i'd have some juice for the wall balls mm-hmm. like i that was which is where strategic you, and that i i think that's where we're gonna have to start to see the sport going is like people being able to pick spots to actually start racing because anymore it's just like people race the first like i said like the first uh seven not to nine minutes and then they're just hanging on so like it seems like yeah. there's going to need to be spots where people are going to have to pick to, to race and like to really start picking up. Do you think of it that way? Or are you kind of thinking like just set into my pace and then I will be able to maintain this the whole time? Or are you kind of picking spots to start moving harder? I pick some spots for sure. And I think there's some spots that are like, okay, like you start feeling bad and you're like, well, that's okay because like I'm going to feel better at the rower. And I'm mm-hmm. going to feel better mm-hmm. at the farmer's carry. So, like, this is okay. And mm-hmm. um, and then, like, okay, probably don't hammer this round going into the lunges. Like, like you you uh, you definitely learn. But I think more so it's it's about discipline. It's, it's about, like, just stay within your desired pace zones, which is hard on high rocks because every single course is laid out differently. So, like, you can't, like, necessarily come around – of the first of three laps or the first of two and a half laps and know like what your split is supposed to be because mm-hmm. every it's all you don't know the exact measurements so of each right. like of each loop and so 
you're like trying to use the watch to help you. And in some courses, I think it's very helpful. And in some courses, it's a little tougher. Like, I think it was helpful in Orlando and helpful in Dallas, but not helpful in Chicago. And you got to stay disciplined in much the same way I think that you have to in a marathon, which is like, you need to recognize that overrunning by like five seconds is not good. It's very, and, and overrunning by 25 seconds is extremely not good. <laughs> really not good. Don't, that's one thing that I'm, I'm most concerned about thinking about Chicago. It's like, okay, now I understand like this discipline piece anyway. And like just the workouts that I've been doing, trying to keep things really, really easy. But like you and I were similar in terms of like the running, like we're probably going to run faster than pretty much anybody out there. Yeah. So when I'm just worried that I'm going to be behind on purpose, but still be like, oh, well, am I, wa- am I wasting this time, this time on the run where I could be like stronger than everybody else? Or, or is it going to make up in the back half? And like knowing how much time you can make up in the back half, I still don't know. Like how much is too much time to give? I mean, you know I honestly, I, mean? I honestly think like I, I'm certain that at least for the second half of the race, I'm going to be taking 15 seconds per thousand on the majority of the field. So like the last four, last four K, last five yeah, K. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's that. And then I, I just, you just have to keep in mind, like, like, um, in my first race, my first high rocks, we came into the, I, I didn't overdo the running. I actually overdid the sled push. I tried, I thought Hunter yeah. was like hurting. So I tried to like, just like, like let me just win this race right now. And I try to just drill it. <laughs> and like every time he'd push the sled, I'd push it like in front of his. Like I, I tried to go like full bore, like let me show him my strength. Let me, let me get in his head. And he was just pacing himself on the sled. And so um, when I got to the sled pull, I was like not in a good place. I didn't have the technique. I was pretty, I was hurting pretty bad. And I did like 547 on the sled pull. For frame of reference, in my most recent Dallas, I did a 347 sled pull and was the fastest sled pull of the day, which would have been faster than Hunter's in Dallas at the Invitational. And it's important to just recognize that, like, the seconds that you lose by running a little slower, like a little slower, you don't have to run, like, really slow, but the seconds that you lose running a little slower um, yield these really big returns. And I made up all of the slower running that I did, I made it all up on one station. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you just don't, you, you lose your superpowers when you get your heart rate too high. And as mm-hmm. long as you just manage your heart rate, you can maintain your strength. And that's the thing is I want to, I want to continue to be Superman when I get to the stations. I don't want to be like, I don't like, I did not like that experience in Germany of outrunning everybody that I was racing against head to head, like everyone that I was going back and forth with Martin Michelius and, um, and Alexander Roncevic and a couple other guys outrunning them by 20 seconds on every thousand and then them beating me by 20 seconds on every station because you're mm-hmm. going to lose that battle in the end. Like your heart rate can only handle that for so long. And for a guy like you, that shouldn't happen, right? Like the station no. shouldn't, the station shouldn't be a weakness, you know, no, and it was like I was I was like a minute slower on my lunges than normal, and a minute slower on my burpee broad jumps than normal. And it's like you just have to like just just remember that like you're just going to sabotage yourself by overrunning. You know, like Victor Casado always goes out the fastest, and I'm like, 
why do you do that? And he's like, that's my strategy. And I'm like, well, it's a shitty strategy. Rethink it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try something different. It's well, I think of, I'm starting to really think of this in terms of like training and racing in terms of like half marathon, right? Like the elite half marathon athletes are running 61. They're running 60, they're running 59, right? So if like take out the best in the world in half, put high rocks athletes in there, it's basically the same time domain. So trying to take down Hunter in the sled push would be like trying to make a move on a world level half marathon field in like the third mile. Yeah, right? I actually I actually look at it um, more like the marathon. Actually, do you? Yeah, because and here's why. Um, one is that your pace is much more comparable to a marathon pace than it is to a half marathon pace. Like yeah. much more comparable. Um, I ran 601 pace at New York. I ran 605 pace in my last uh, High Rocks. Um, mm -hmm. The second thing that makes it more, more makes it similar is that the way that you run a marathon is staying comfortable, which is High Rocks, where you're you're a notch above comfortable in a half marathon. You've got to be working harder than that. Mm -hmm. um, the third is the sensations that your body goes through. In a half marathon, you are not likely to be on the verge of cramping. You're more like, my legs are on fire, my heart rate is pretty high, and I just can't maintain this. As opposed to in a marathon, you are like, I, I have this, like, um, this imagery that like, I think about where like, I, my body is like a submarine and it's taken on water. Like there's like a leak, like a bolt pops out and I'm like, I'm inside the submarine and I like plug that hole and like, wow, like I plug it, like another bolt pops out somewhere else and my right hand has to go up and plug the other hole. And then like, wow, like, and all of a sudden another one pops out and I'm like stepping on it with my right foot. And then you're just like, you're taking on water and you're just like, okay, how long can I hold this off before the ship sinks? Because that is what high rocks and marathon really feel like yeah. to me. That's a great way to put it because I was doing that. I was doing wall balls yesterday and feeling that same way. I was like, this is – I can do this, but I really just don't want to. <laughs> I'm taking on one, I'm taking on water right now, but I, I can plug these holes. But, man, this is, this is something I'd rather not be doing. Did you <laughs> – were you doing a good. sim? Did you sim yesterday? No, I did, I did a longer tempo effort. I finished with Karen, uh, 150 wall balls. And then like – You, I, you. Yeah, super gross. And that was at the end. I've been doing it. I've been doing wall balls with a thirty. Yeah, but I, I can only do. do I can only do like so many, right? And like my legs get fatigued. And then when I actually did do a sim two or three weeks ago, when I got to the wall balls, it was my shoulders. I was like, oh, I actually can't do enough reps with this thirty. It's actually, pound it's usually wall the shoulder. Ball. Yeah, it's. I, I stopped. I stopped using the thirty pound wall ball. To be honest, I just I just lift more weights. Uh, I, yeah, because I just right. need to replicate. Push press. I need to replicate mm -hmm. the the actual doing the wall balls and and you know you wanna you wanna be able to keep your big sets up and it's just you can't do that with the, the heavy wall ball. So it's no. fine every once in a while, but like maybe in like know, strength building phase, like away from races, I think it's okay. But like, or you know you do a, a day a week where you're throwing in you know ten sets yeah. of ten with the the big guy. But right. but I'm really trying to. You know, I'm trying to replicate the race scenario or situation and, and a feeling. Like, I, I just want to, you know, I want to feel like I've been here before. I've been here before. We know what this feels like. Like, no matter how dire it is, like, dude, you've done this a hundred times, you know? Yeah. I think it's the same with the lunges and even, like, the sleds, too. It's like, 
overloading it makes sense somewhere in the program, but you just need to be able to do a hundred lunges in a row and just know that you can do it you yeah, know, with, and, that, and with I, that weight. And I, I do overload the lunges and the sleds, but in my sims, like I'm not overloading it to like a thousand pounds on the sled. I'm overloading mm-hmm. it to like, okay, I want it to feel like actually what it feels like in the high rocks race. So here's an extra 150 pounds or here's an extra 200 pounds on the sled. And cause that's what it actually feels like yeah. in the race. And then, uh, the lunges, like I do the lunges with like a 90 pound sandbag. So if I'm feeling yeah, good going right. into the lunges, I'll continue to feel good. But, you know, in the race day, you never actually feel good when you get to the lunges. So I like to use like a, a something that's uncomfortable, like an 80 pound D ball or something like that. Something that's not like Ugh. draped in nice, something that's like weird, just so that the comfort of it's all a mess or something without handles. Just so at least during that race, that would at least feel a little bit better um, i actually found that the, the handles are like the most uncomfortable part of the entire situation for me because my forearms are so blown from the farmer's carries that like your wrists actually feel terrible holding onto the sandbag <laughs> that's so true <laughs> like, and, like and that's like, the most uncomfortable part do you put do you just push the, are you like shaking your hands out or are you just like well this is better than my legs that like because i'll get that sometimes too i'm like well this is not my legs i'll just fucking deal with my forearms feeling uncomfortable i like him taking really turns like taking i take one of the hands off and like shake it out and stuff yeah because it, like it's yeah. really uncomfortable but i've been also practicing a lot more farmers carries lately to try and just you know just not have to put it down as much not feel it not take as much damage from that station that sort of thing it's interesting because if you walk with a farmer's carry, it's like actually pretty easy. You just don't go fast. It's mm-hmm. when you run that it's all that bouncing. All of a sudden, that just murders your grip. I know. And that's just a station. It's so easy to overlook because you're not going to make up a ton of time. I guess Dude, you can make up like, like 20 seconds on that station, though. Like, you can. But, like, but percentage of race, like, yeah, someone does 140, someone else does like 120. You know, it's not like. It's 100 know. meters, though, if you're like in it. If you're in it, like I'm looking at it, like I'm like, where can I take five seconds? Like, ev- like if I can take five seconds at every station, that's forty seconds. Like I, yeah. I'm looking at it like that at this point. Like, like I'm trying to get under an hour is my objective. And so now, I, I think that the course that I ran, like I looked at Kent's uh, LA run, which was a great run, and their opening thousand was like three thirty, and our opening thousand was like four oh five, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like we had a longer run on that mm-hmm. open air. And so I'm like, okay, take that off. And our rock zone was also like 40 seconds longer. I'm now like right in that ballpark. I'm in that, you know, one mi- one hour and 30 second range maybe. So where can I get those 30 seconds? So I'm, I'm hoping that Chicago is like the setup is just like legit and everybody and everybody shows. I wonder what kind of times – I, there, there could be crazy times running Chicago. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, man. Chicago two years ago was like the fastest course in the States. And this past year, the rock zone was friggin' enormous. Like, it, it was also hot. It was hot in, what was it, July or June? It was like, and you can't escape the humidity. Like, even though it's indoors, it doesn't feel hot. It's, it's hotter. Like, it's yeah. worse, more, it's less comfortable for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just thought that last time in Chicago, like you, you, you came out of the rock zone, and it was like, okay, I have every single time I have to run like 150 meters of rock zone. It's just, just like insane. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they have that race in Madrid where these guys are like, 
pushing sleds in like you know 90 seconds and then you know <laughs> legit running, 90 seconds like <laughs> i think the fastest sled was like 112 it was Great. like can like are we can we can we stop with this like this is ridiculous bracken made a good point about the handle height yeah they, they have the taller handles over there they have sig- and significantly taller handles it makes a big difference because it, it actually does you, make a big difference you get to uh leverage your hips differently in mm. towards the sled a bit more and you're using more glutes and we have to go very quad heavy on the push being lower um it's like if you ever pushed a prowler and you push the poles on one side and then you have to push those low holds mm-hmm. on the other side it's like impossible to get leverage if the weight's really heavy um, yeah so right. th- that is that is part of it. Part of it's the stack and the ski position. Um, the the sleds in Spain are different even than the sleds in Germany. So they they have a franchise there, and they are not required to purchase from the same vendors. So they got slightly mm-hmm. different stuff. The carpets are not necessarily the same in Spain. Um, and just like you know, so talking to some of the guys, like you know, the top seven guys all had like multiple minute PRs. But on top of that, um, you know, Cole told me, oh, I, uh, I ran my, – my running was like a minute faster. So, I mean, huh. you're, talking about, you're talking about like a guy – you know, if your legs are not demolished, you can run so much faster. And people were like, well, right. how, come, how come all the Americans didn't do that at world championships? It's, it's just a different situation when 18 guys are all slugging it out from station one like instead of running smart. That's why right. Toby won, honestly. Toby was the only person who just ran his own race. Did his thing. Yeah, and that's true. That's that's another thing about those championship races. Like people you're gonna get some people are gonna get spit out, right? You're gonna get everyone's gonna get a little bit uncomfortable, whereas in Spain it was like two or three guys, it seemed like, with Cole and, and Alex and just trying to really be able to do their own thing without yeah. ten other guys around them. Well, yeah, but do you know, so only the top 15 make the world championships, and I came into that race in fourth position overall in the world for the year, and then after the Spain race, I was uh, like 11th. You're 11th now? Yeah, 9th or 11th. It's insane. Oh, my God. It's like, that's just, what I mean. Like, the U.S. racers, it's going to, like, how are we it's impossible. to go on time? Yeah. It's, I'm going to have to go, like, under 60 in Chicago, I think, to make the World Championships. And it's just, like, it's just insane. It's, like, I, we are doing it all with a three- to four-minute handicap. Like, legitimately. Yeah. Legitimately. Like, Hunter called me all upset about it because he's, like, my world record's going to get broken by some guy in Europe because they're just not doing the same amount of work that I was. And I, I empathize with him because it's true. It's, yeah. like, it's true, man. Like, like if, if Hunter or I went over to Europe... If I had run the race I ran in Dallas in Europe, I would have gone under 58 in Europe. It's just a fact. I know it's it's not it's it's not it's not perfect. Well, hopefully, just mo- people won't make their way over, but or they'll have multiple heats, right? They can have three championship heats. You would think. No, or they're do- gonna they're gonna have one heat, but I think what I'm I'm petitioning for them to either have the top five American times on U.S. soil be in the race because it's where the host country or um, if you won a U.S. if you won a U.S. high rocks if event you win. this year if you yeah. win one okay. you're in like okay. either way either way I think that that's a fair way to get people in because then you have you know I would get in this way if Hunter wins a race he'll get in if Kent wins a race he'll get in right Kent's yeah, won a race, sense. so Kent would Kent would be in. He would already you know, be in. 
I think that that's like the most fair way to do it. If you were a champion at a venue, you should get an invite. Under a certain threshold. If it's under 65, right? There should be both. There should be an A and a B. Like, you shouldn't be able to go run 68 somewhere that there's no one at. Where could you win a High Rocks at 68? Well, if you weren't in Orlando last year, I would have won with a 67. Yeah, but Orlando's not going to happen this year. Um, I'm just saying, like, there could be venues like that. There could be some, yeah. like LA, like LA is the week before the world championships. So like someone who's going to run LA is going to win with a time. that's not going to be very fast. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Um, and so what though? So one guy gets to go one extra guy. Who cares? Well, like, if I'm what, the guy what? who's not in because, Hey man, like if you, if you want to run a high rocks and then a week later race the world championships, that's what, have, that's what would have to happen. Like if it was someone's last ditch effort, it's like, I just want to run. I've got to run this race. I got to, I got to qualify. So I'm doing you. I mean, I would be recovering until Friday. Like it would be like race oh, on yeah. Saturday and recovering for like six days. Like I would oh. not even feel, I feel terrible legitimately until like Thursday after a race. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see about that. And I mean, it, it is in the high, like in the, it's new, and what we know from OCR in general is that they change their minds. Like they do, they put out things, and they're just like, "Ah, this actually doesn't work that well. Let's change it." So we'll see. But I like that it is competitive, but I don't, and it's hard to do to make that final heat. But just that it's not going to be the same. Like the tools are not the same across all of the competitors. So makes well, it a you know, bit. on the day that it counts, everything will be the same. And so yep. I'm excited about that. Um, E-Rock told me he ordered higher poles for the U.S. races that just won't be there in time for U.S. championships. And I said, no, dude. World championships comes. Give everybody the short poles. Give them the short poles. See how they like give, it. See what yeah. happens. I was yeah. like, let them, let them taste what we taste every time. Because I, I can tell you, dude's shoes are going to be coming off. Guys are going to be sitting down. Getting lightheaded. I, I'm excited right. about it because I, I talked to Martin Michelius about. Um, I ran into him in Abu Dhabi, and he was. I was telling him about how hard the sleds were in Dallas, and he was like, "Yeah, me too." Like I ran the Birmingham race or whatever, and he's like, "Sleds were so hard, and it was like twelve guys went under three minutes on those." You're like, like wrong. No, it's wrong. I was wrong. like, <laughs> yeah. it may have been hard. It may have been really hard. <laughs> not this hard. <laughs> not not like not the when I hit. When I hit these sleds and I'm like, I don't actually know if I'm going to finish this. Like, like every time I'm doing the sleds, I'm like, am I going to finish this? Well, you get, you get through like two lengths. You're like, okay, okay. I can, I can do two more maybe. The, and then uh, you start the third one and you go like a third of the way and you're like, oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> that's yeah. what Cole was saying. Yeah. People were messaging him in, uh, in Spain. He was like, yeah, they were telling me it's the same. And he was like, dude, no, it is. Yeah, not the same. Not, the same. not even close. It's not the same. And he ran great, man. I'm proud of him. He ran great he in ran Dallas. Great. He's in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Cole's a Cole's a factor. Cole, you can't like sleep on him. He'll be a factor. He's definitely in top five shape for U.S. Championships. He could even make the podium. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be that'll be interesting. I I I can't wait. I can't wait to 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 throw down in in Chicago. I'm hoping I'm in the first heat. I don't know if necessarily I would be. I guess I would be because I haven't I'll run the high rocks since um, last year. I'll talk to um I'll talk to Iraq about it. Pull, you know, pull, like pull I think he he reaches out to No, but he reaches out to us to be like, "Okay, who should be in the first 
wave if it's guys that he doesn't really know as well. And you have a good, you know, you've had some good high rocks races to your credit. Like, I, you know, you haven't had like a, a stellar, stellar one, but you, but you've yeah. had good ones. And well, you know, I done I two. The guys, so the guys getting there. That you're good. Uh, so, so I had this idea. I want to talk to you about if we were to make a hybrid race. So I created a a, a race that I. Like I just did this this morning. I was just kicking around some ideas. I want to get your feedback. I want to see what you think, and then we can okay. we can workshop some ideas. How, how you doing on time? When, you, when you got to get yeah. out of here, you good to go? Uh, no, it's fine. I honestly, normally, normally I would have woken up at like four thirty today, and I've already have done a track workout, and like I'd be getting ready for. I'd be doing all my work and then getting ready for my afternoon lift. But today, because of the, all the snow, I I'm gonna run after this. So I I have freedom. I'm flexible. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. Is it all ice out there? It rained last night here, so it's all it's supposed to be slippery out there. Yesterday, I jogged about five and a half miles, two and a half, two and three quarters each way to and from work, and it was really icy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, I was running like you know like like nine thirty pace, like just kind of like just just more of commuting than training. Um, yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> I was like, this just don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Today it looks better, and so I wanted the sun to come out so I could, because the track was a sheet of ice, like, like it was snow, and then like a hundred people ran on it and made footprints, and then those oh, froze into it. ice. So it's, oh no, there was no, the whole city was just mayhem. Um, it was like nine that's inches a lot of snow. It's a lot of snow for you guys. That's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially it was wet snow too. Like the bottom layer was like super wet because the ground was still warming up. Or mm-hmm. it was still cooling down, I mean. So it like kind of melted a little on the bottom. And then the top was all fluffy and it would pack down. And so you'd get like this nice footprint that would then freeze. So the ground is all like undulated. Oh, yeah. So like you, every step is like a potential ankle turner because uh, mm-hmm. it's like frozen footprints everywhere. And so... Um, yeah, I'm going to just run. I, the track is like deadly. I, I just like, I don't know what to do. You can't shovel it. You might be able to like dump lighter fluid on it and set it on fire or something. And it's but not sunny. It's not sunny yet. You just got to wait for the, for the sun to come out. Yeah. Once the sun hits, it all melts. Even if, it, even though good. it's like 20, 25 degrees, it still melts. But yeah. Oh, let's talk about this, this, this race thing. Cause let's uh, talk about it. So I might, so when I look at this sport long term, right, I, I want to one like get a bigger piece of that crossfit community in here and yep. just making it a little bit more appealing and me and i all other things i was considering is uh, like how visually appealing it would be and how challenging it would be for the, the athletes themselves in terms of like training and, and preparation for it mm-hmm. so put together it's so i got room to grow on this but right now it's six stations it's only two and a half miles so, and with each of the stations, easy with the, I see your face, but, and each, most of the stations are going to have, uh, multiple domains of, of movement, right? So it's not just going to be thousand meter row and then run. So I want it to be moving back and forth, kind of like what CrossFit does where you're getting, uh, and then you can get in more skills at the same time. So it's a lot of rounds cool. kind of, all right. That's so, cool. Crossfitters are going to dominate this though. Well, if you put enough running in it, let's well, just say they might yeah, put right now, there. maybe you want. So we, I, I'm, I can negotiate on the distance of, of things. So the first run is 400 meters, right? I think that okay. that's fair. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit crazy, but so when we go into the first station, it's three rounds, 250 meter ski, and then 
10 dumbbell front squats, 50 pounds, and 30 pounds for, for the right. so, 250 meter ski and then 10 front squats. Front Dumbbell front squats, shoulder loaded front squats, yep. So okay. you would do 750 meters of skiing and 30. Oh, 750 meters of skiing. Three rounds. So you do 250, oh, then you do 10, rounds. then you do 250, then you do 10. I like this. This is cool. Um, I'm into that. There'll be some so hardcore I, skiing. 30 so, yeah, pounds so in each hand, that's it? Little, little dinky 30 pounds? 50. 35 50s. for women, 50. 50 in each hand. So oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So I was going to say, like, like I need I need some actual weight or this is silly. So it's some weight. So for, so for the athletes who are, like, the running, OCR athletes, hybrid athletes, like, that's something that we need to work on. It's sort of light for CrossFitters, but to be able to, to – and but it's still cardio at that point. So anyway, after that, 800-meter run. So 400 mm-hmm. – those round 800 meter I'm getting run. the vibe 400 812 400 812 again something like that or Maybe. 12 we could. 8, 4 I'm just right I'm now, just thinking right now I'm alternating 400 800 okay and then after the 800 meter run so you then I'm just gonna go through the whole thing and then we can do it okay. recap tell, tell, me. tell me 800 meter run then five rounds of Gretel and Gretel is three clean and jerks at 135 and 95 and three burpee uh over the barbell, bar-facing burpees. So it'll be five rounds of three clean and jerks, three bar-facing burpees. That's a pretty name, Gretel. Gretel. It's a play on Grace, the 30. So that workout's really 10 rounds of, so you do 30 burpee, bar-facing burpees and 30 clean and jerks. Mm-hmm. And then 400 meter run. And then you get to a sandbag station where you do 15 to 20 sandbag over shoulders. And with 100 pounds and 70 pounds for women. So a little bit heavier. And then after that, do a 400 meter carry with a sandbag and then drop the sandbag another 400 meter run so 800 total or just an 800 meter run but i like having that carry element in there sure and then after that it's three rounds of like a fran so uh 10 thrusters 10 pull-ups 95 75 400 meter run then three rounds 15 dumbbell snatches alternating 50 and 35 and then 15 box jump overs 800 meter run and then the, the last station is just 500 meter row and then 10 bar muscle ups. So a little bit more of a skill element in there, but you can kind of press through the, and then you finish with a 400 meter run. I want there to be a, a run to finish. Cause that just like, to me, that's compelling to, for the I do part. think I do like the run to finish. Uh, yeah. I mean, this sounds like CrossFit wad to me, to be honest. So it's pretty cross. It's pretty CrossFit heavy. I, sure. I personally like to have a, uh, I like what I like about high rocks is that, the amount of time that you spend running is almost the same as the amount of time you spend on the station. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really cool. Like like in uh, Dallas, I was three, 30, 30 minutes and 40 seconds on the run. And then I don't know exactly what let's, – let's just factor my rock zone time into my stations just to make things simple. That means that I was 31 minutes and like 11 seconds on the, on the stations. Right. Which right. is – that's cool to me. Um, this one, I would be running for like, I don't know, 15 minutes less, yeah. less than 15 minutes. And then and I would probably stations. Be, I'd be doing stations for like probably 45 minutes or 40 minutes or I don't know. I don't know how long it would take me. So that could be something, right? Where it's like you take the time from the station zone and then you match it up to the run after. Like then you could alternate doing, if it's a quick station, it would just be a 400 meter run, but maybe you're right. Maybe they should all be 800s, 800s or thousands even. 
Maybe. Make it a 6K I, I, if it's a 1,000. I kind of envisioned uh, an 8 or 10 by 800 is kind of what I was thinking. So um, in, in my mind, there's, there's stations like that High Rocks has that I really like. Like I think the Ski Erg is great. And I think 1,000 meters is like such an obnoxious distance to pull. It like, yeah. like 500 is like, all right, I'm just starting to really hate this. And 1,000 is like, this is so long. Sucks. It is so long. And, I'm so um, happy that that's not later in the race, honestly. Like, it, it's a trap that early, but if it was later, it would suck so bad. It would be so, so It would bad. suck like a lot. Well, a lot of stations. I, I thought about this, like, okay, well, before before I get into, like, the things I'd love to add, I have always thought that would be really cool if they did occasional High Rocks events that were High Rocks roulette where you don't know the order of the stations until you get there. Mm. And... And so you can't train exactly for it. So you have to, in your training, mix up the stations all the time. Uh, imagine mm-hmm. a high rocks where in the seventh or eighth round is when you have your sled push. Like imagine you did lunges on one station and the next station was sled push. It would just yeah. obliterate people. Like if it was the last thing you had to do, finish the sled, you'd be running really fast the whole race because your legs would feel great. Right, and then you would hit the sled at the end and just be so screwed. I wonder, like, I w- it's just it, a total difference. But it screws people so bad in the beginning. Like, it's I hate where it is, kind of, because it's it's. I think it's it, it screws up everybody's race. But I also like that it's there because it screws up everybody's race. It's like you can't you can't fake it. Like you got to yeah. do it right away. I mean, imagine if wall balls was the first station. If wall balls was, if you had to run after wall balls. That would be horrible. If that was like where burpee broad jumps were or something, that'd be horrible. just miserable. Horrible. I mean, what if it was literally reversed? What if you ran yeah. the high rocks and you did uh, you did 100 wall balls after the first run, and then your then second station was 100 meters of lunges, and oh your third God. station was farmer's carries there, which means that the row would be next, which means that you have no reprieve for the rest of the race because you would go – Burpee, broad jump, sled pull, sled push, push skier. Ski. Oh my yeah. god, the the mayhem that would ensue on the last. That'd be one. fun. We should do that, especially if be- the race literally fully reversed and you started at the wall balls before the race before the running began and you wall balled. <laughs> then you so then you'd end with skier and then a thousand meter run. Everybody just does a hundred unbroken and then like they walk out of there dizzy, like stumbling <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, like just a mess. Um, okay, so I the thing with the ten, eight to ten stations, I don't. I think some of like, and I'm thinking about it with Deca as well. I think the like Deca with the sit ups. I think the farmers walk is it's not great. It's fine. It's I, I like nice the farmers walk, but yeah, you could take it out. You could take it out. I mean, what I what I like about the farmers walk is that you can it's still visual. Like you can still see the racing. That's what I don't love about. Um, the machines it's what i don't love about the even the wall balls like you don't know where anybody is if i'm watching and two people get in there relatively close like i'm not sure if i can watch two well, people do 100 wall balls and know who, who is where without the judge well coming. it's nice when they raise the signs like i actually think that's, that's a the pretty only cool, way to know that's a pretty cool element of the race though is like when there's two guys going at it and then like the 40 goes up and then like 10 seconds later the other person's 40 goes up like i think yeah. that that's super exciting and um a wall ball race I know, yes, running. We're used to running at the end of races, but I think a wall ball race is cool. If they just had it, so like in the big races, like our stats from our rowers are up on a board 
Yeah. Like, then so you it's can tell cool. Are. Like, yeah. You tell, and, and, the, and the ski, too. Like, you don't really know where anybody is on the ski. But with the sleds, you can see people moving and moving past, which I like. You and, you know, like the way, the way you and I did Orlando is the kind of the way that they did um, the race in Germany. For right, with the lanes. You had a lane. And that, yeah. the lane slows you down. It definitely slows you down because – More turn, like more every, 180s. Yeah, but not just that. Like when you're doing the burpee broad jumps, instead of getting like a huge jump, you only have to jump like a foot and a half and then you have to turn yeah. around and you have to burpee straight down from there. Like those little things, like it's like you're doing like an extra burpee broad jump on each of your like however many laps. And like, like these, these things are adding up to a lot of extra time. Yeah. Uh, you're turning around way you're turning w- around way more times on a back and forth farmer's carry than you are on like doing it out on the course um and lunges and things like that like you're doing half lunges the same thing it's just the, and just even watching even watching the race it's when they do it in the lanes it makes sense because you can have one judge right and there's no and like the distance is probably all going to be fairly equal if like you know where you're going or whatever but um it's hard to know at least on camera it was like, there's Hunter, there's Tobias, and then we had no idea where anybody else was because the third place person wasn't next to them. It was like, there was like lane six was in third place, and lane eight was in fourth place, and like it well, I didn't know and, where anything was. And so that's the, the necessary fix is I think that they should still have you run to the first lane. It should just right. I think like, so too. like, you should run to the lane in the order that you're in. And I they agree. should be like, all right, you're in fourth place, you're in lane four. You're in fifth place, you're in lane five. And that should always be how it is. Not that you go back to the same lane each time. Right. And then, like, the judge is just – the judge is assigned a lane, not the athlete. Just so, like, you have a Correct. different judge, whatever. Yeah, that because be. that way you also don't have, like, one guy's got, like, the stickler judge who's, like, hammering them on everything for the entire race. Right. And someone else has the judge who doesn't care at all. Right. And uh, when I when I was going through and doing this, I like the idea of of moving back and forth. Well, one, just I think it's appealing for for the CrossFitters, right? It's like different yeah. skills and, and add some transition, add some different stuff. You can get some more elements in there, but also you can see where people are. Like it's like oh, that person beat them to the transition end, and then they beat them back. So you can see kind of what's happening within a station because that's a th- I, I, I like the idea of a row and a ski because I like those movements and I think they're good for fitness. I also but think it's not that you can't just you can't just pound you can't just pound strength elements for the entire time. Like you have to have something that's more like lactic or whatever. Like you can't just you can't just drill like dumbbells every single time you come into a station. Yeah. Like there's it's it's also like that would be too repetitive. Like I like the range of things. I actually was thinking I, I liked your squat idea because I, I thought that thrusters is a great movement. Um, mm-hmm. but also was thinking about, um, rope climbs. I thought that we kind of bridge the gap between like obstacle racing and fitness racing, hybrid racing, whatever you want to call it is like, you have to do like four rope climbs. Yeah. Like leg, legless rope climbs, like, legless. and just blast people. Um, yeah. would be really I interesting. Thought, I like that idea too. I, I was thinking more like logistics. Yeah, it's super hard logistically. I thought about that too. Yeah, super but hard logistically. If you get one of those big Zeus rigs that they have at, at uh, CrossFit Games, like that could be just a huge thing in the middle, and it could be like the stations. Like those, you can hang twenty mm-hmm. foot ropes on. They're huge. These rigs. Oh yeah. Um, so something like that, and because I like the, I like the uh, having 
a pull-up bar in there as well because it gives you a little bit more grip and little like some vertical pulling because there's no vertical pull like you and i would probably be training vertical pulls do it for ocr for forever and now there's crossover there's no there's not a direct crossover for the race you know if i still do a lot of vertical pulling just because i like it and i think it, it makes you stronger but i don't but for the race we don't use it no i, I totally agree and i i wanted to uh I, I thought about pull-ups as well, but um, I hate I hate a lot of these CrossFit skills that like it's more skill than strength. And guys mm-hmm. who are just like have done it a thousand times can just like bang out these like kipping pull-ups and toes to bar and all this stuff that it's like this is it's fitness. However, like it's only fitness to a point because you can just outskill someone who's fitter than you and. That's kind of annoying to me. Like I like that. It is minimal skill on high rocks. It is like anyone can do Almost this. No you skill. can just, yeah. you can just, you just put. It's just like volume of work. Everything mm-hmm. is just like volume of work, and you can get better at those things. But it's just like, hey, you, you got to lunge all the way to that point. That's you know, one thing like, I've been, yeah, and I've been thinking about that for like when you know say the fittest on earth and like what your definition of fitness is. I think hybrid fit, hybrid racing, does ex- express more output than CrossFit because there's in CrossFit there is just a ton of skills, and we're talking about like pistols and handstand push-ups and snatches, and handstand walks and, and handstand yeah, walks. gymnastic they, skills. And- they had freestanding handstand push-ups at the games this year with no wall. They walk yeah. on their hands, would do three handstand push-ups, <laughs> and walk on their hand like dude. Oh, like and they were all they all hated it. Like they were like, I just yeah. I remember watching uh, Tia Toomey's face during it, and she was just so displeased with that yeah. event. Um, like during it, like we're like six reps from the end, and she was like, I hate this. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I like that it is repeatable. I think High Rocks, it, you know, like like you could you could have like. Um, like 12 total events and you don't know which eight you're going to get, I think is a really cool thing. It's like there, there, there adds an element of like readiness and, and, you know, kind of ready for anything. Um, some stations are mandatory. Like the wall balls would always be in there. The sleds would always be in there, but you don't know if they're going to rotate in the pull-up station instead of the farmer's Mm -hmm. carries or whatever, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for sure that that's like a cool different look and vibe it's hard to like take a race or take crossfit and be like this is the fittest person ever that's the fittest person it's all so subjective like yeah like you know the crossfitters are going to get they're not going to get buried they're going to do fine like honestly they're they do better in high rocks than we would do in crossfit games but oh yeah but uh you know but then also we have a marathon and they're 90 minutes behind us so it's it's, there's no reason to uh, like, yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but High Rocks last year was the World Series of Fitness, and this year they're the World Series of Fitness Racing, which is funny because uh, CrossFit is still fitness racing. So I don't think that actually like differentiates it at all. Like I think they consider themselves fitness, but also like every event they do is pretty much fitness racing. Some events are not races. Some events are like max squat Lifts. clean. Yeah. yeah. But most of their events are races. But for the most part, it's races, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd say if there was 10 events, probably eight of them is going to be who can get done first. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, you know, again, it's all subjective. Like, you know, we've had some good CrossFitters come out and get buried. We've had some CrossFitters come out. Um, the, um, 
the dude from um, Germany, Joshua. Um, why am I spacing on his last name? I met him. I hung out with him. He's great. Um, Tiago's a lot of CrossFit. I think he owns a CrossFit gym. Yeah, yeah but I, he's not a CrossFitter, he's per not, se. He's not really built like a CrossFitter. Josh, Josh Victrup ran like 106 in Germany, which would be like a 110 in the States, but still, like, you know. Is he a bigger dude? Like, Is he built like a CrossFitter? No, he's like 180 pounds. See, that's where, to me, it's like, yeah, if he was 180 pounds, he didn't need to be 5'5", or something like that. He, he's an animal. Like, he's an animal. Like, you know, we, we were doing some stuff with him, like, broad jumping, and he's like he's like a frog. And then, but, like, we did a bench press thing. We were over at his gym, like, doing, like, a little bench press competition. Um, and we were, like, seeing how many reps. We threw, like, I don't know, 200 pounds in the bar or something. And we we're like, how many reps can we get um, unbroken? And I never, I'd never bench. I don't, just don't do it. And uh, I've been I've been doing it a little bit since then, like with dumbbells. But he got like two more reps than I did. Like he's strong. He like I think he can squat clean a lot and stuff. But he's not like freakishly, you know. He's not yeah. like absurd strong. He's just an all around good at everything athlete. He would, need to, he would need to run more, right? Like he would need to. He's take yeah, a lot and of he it. he's like one of the engine guys in CrossFit too. That like he's yeah. he's considered one of their better engine guys. He finished like 18th in the world in the games. I think he's won Germany like three or four times. Oh, he's a games so, athlete. Yeah, he's a games athlete. Oh shit! What is his name? Josh Victrup. I'll have to take a look. Um, I saw you over at that gym in Germany. It looked awesome. One of the, one or two of those gyms that you guys were at looked crazy. So cool. So, so cool. cool. What was what was funny is so the Hunter and I were and Brent Hastert were traveling around Germany for like the rest of. The, you know, for like four days after the race was over. And Christian, who owns High Rocks, like booked us train tickets and uh, sent us up to Hamburg and put us in a hotel. And um, all he asked in return was like, this one day, I want Hunter and Megita to come and do this like little fitness thing at Josh's gym. So it was like two days after the race, like two days. And we're like, we had gone jogging like a few times and we were like crying on the run. We were so sore. I don't know why I was so sore. I think because I redlined so early in that race. So I was just, just wrecked. And I was like limping into this gym. Like I could barely walk. And they were like, they were like, okay, we're going to be doing sled pushes and we're going to be doing broad jumps and we're going to be doing like all, it was like all this stuff. And I was like, dude, like my legs are done like so we're we doing we're doing 30 pound wall balls up to like a 14 foot target and like i was like why are we doing this like this is <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like i had no legs and so it was like it was kind of embarrassing like how bad i got buried in this but it was it was fun i mean it's that influencer lifestyle you live you know you just gotta they want people want you to be places and doing stuff that's yeah that's i mean thing. it's like fr- fresh i could crush any of this stuff but like it's like, you're just like, you, you know when you're like toilet sore? You know, I use yeah. that term all the time. Like, you can't even sit on the toilet. It just like hurts so bad. Um, that's what I was for oh, like four days after the race. <laughs> and they were like, okay, now we're going to go uh, get recorded doing workout competitions against a CrossFit Games athlete. This is going to go well. This is <laughs> like, going to go great. <laughs> great. Yeah, I'll put that on CrossFit site. Be like, look at these hybrid athletes getting worked by the CrossFit athlete. Dude, I got like beat. I got beat by like uh, Christian, who's like a fifty-year-old man in some of those events. Like, like I was, I had nothing. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see like if that is because we're talking about the fitness part. I'm sure like a triathlete, the triathlete community has something to say about what you know how uh, hybrid racing and and 
CrossFit talk about fitness because if it is just about output in different domains, like triathlete has it, but there's no strength element really. In, I mean, in triathlon. dude, I listen. Here's what I know about guys who can cycle: they have leg strength. They can push sleds. Mm. They could do lunges. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to practice it, but could the best triathletes in the world be good at high rocks if you gave them a year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't think the Brownleys could figure it out? Maybe they're too light. Maybe those guys are too light, but I think you do need to have some mass. Like, like I'm, be, yeah, I I'm agree. as big, I'm as big as some CrossFit athletes, you know, taller mm-hmm. than a bunch of them, but, but as heavy as a bunch of them. So, um, I think that that's, like you just moving a sled is just you just need it's mass times acceleration is force right it's so it's physics yeah if you don't have the mass like Alec Blennis is a tank he can squat a ton of weight but he got blown up on the sleds in Chicago last year because he just could not move them is um is Tobias a triathlete I think he's mostly a runner um, how fast is he I don't even know how fast he is. I think like, could you like beat him a, in a flat 5K? Yeah, yeah, for you sure. You could. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like a 1540. Maybe if I'm training hard, I can get like, you know, under 1530 kind of. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can get even faster. I don't know. I never trained for 5Ks. Mark and I did it one week for 10 weeks, and I got down to 1540. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So I guess I could probably get faster than that. I, I can't run a 5K like you can run a 5K. That's not my wheelhouse. But I'm I'm a little heftier than you. Um yeah, but but, um, but Tobias, Tobias is—he's probably built more like me. He's a little bit taller, right? He might be even leaner than I am, even. Yeah, he's lighter than you. Um, yeah. but he—he's more. I think he—I he, think he's like a 10k in like the 33 range. You could he's under. Oh, I, yeah, I'm I'm faster than that. I've yeah. when you and I ran that 10 miler together, we came through the the 10k at like 32 flat or something. Right. Right. Maybe yeah, faster than that. Actually. It's it's interesting, like how, like I'm looking at him, I'm like, why, what, how did he, how's he good at this? How, how is he good at this race? You know, um, he's just like he's just strong enough. But he had a really sound game plan. Like he ran his first two runs at, um, he ran his first run casually, in the thousand meters, and then he skied fine, and then he ran his second run casually. He ran like a three forty four or something. Just right where he wanted to be. Hard what, rate, was good. he like in? Was he in like twelfth place? Yeah, he was. He was yeah. way back. And then he did his sleds, four laps unbroken, down, back, wow. down, back. And I was in the lane next to him, and I pushed a couple unbroken with him. And then I was like, I could do these unbroken, but I felt my legs filling with lactic acid, and I was like, Well, I'll just rest here. And then one more time, I was like, I'll just rest here for a sec. And then he was like 20 seconds faster than me on the sleds because of those two little rests. And then he just, he just, every station, he, he had just rate, was He had run than him. Yeah, he had run left yeah. than him. He was yeah, running, so, you know, nothing crazy, 345s or so, you know. Yeah, it seemed like he was just consistent all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, if we were to put together like a, a test of uh, things outside of the gym, like I was thinking... What would people, if it was like 5K, squat, deadlift, or if there's other numbers you think that would need to be in terms of just like your raw ability in a sport like this, like where do you think, like what elements would you, 
do you think people could test outside of the event themselves to see where they're at? Like the, and like, yeah, like, what do you think it should be, and what, what kind of t- times or scores do you think they should be putting up? I think ten mile is a great fitness test. I love the gauge of a ten mile. Um, so more long, than five k. It's so long. It's so yeah, long. To, like, the last one I did, I was mile. like, damn, this is such a long time. I know. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you could do ten k, but I, I like ten mile because it's. For me, it's like I think it's actually fairly comparable to your high rocks time, like within like ten minutes of your high rocks time. Yeah, so yeah, maybe fifteen minutes for you. Um, but because <laughs> my ten mile is good, not because my your ten mile is insane. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, you you ran like a fifty one thirty when we ran together, I think. Oh, I was just running that year too. Twenty twenty, I did. Dude, nothing you but were run. so fast. Coming off like hundred mile um, weeks and shit. Yeah. I just couldn't believe when we hit the five-mile marker, and I was like, I need to slow down, and you kept accelerating. I was like, I just just don't understand. But so the 10-mile, I I like the 10-mile personally. Um, 10-mile time trial, I like – I think a good fitness test is – I know push-ups can be super subjective, but I think either max push-ups or um, or 100 for time is a really good fitness test. Um, if you're really so that, that would kind of correlate your push strength, like that might cross over. Obviously for the burpees, maybe for the wall balls. Wall balls, yeah, that's my thought. Um, I would do. Um, let me see. I think it's it's interesting. Um, you you probably should do a deadlift, uh, a deadlift squat thing but i don't know that it would be like maxes or anything like that like like part of me wonders if like a 10 rep um, or something like even not even like a 10 rep max like part of me wonders if it should almost be like a workout like like a Mm. like a running and lifting thing like a like a quarter mile run and then like 10 deadlifts at 225 or something and you have to complete like you know, four rounds of that and four rounds of the same, but it's like uh, back squat at the same weight, or it's at your body weight. Maybe at your body mm, weight. Body weight. Is a good yeah. Way to okay. Do it. Your body weight for those things, or you can yeah. have a scaled version. But I, I don't know. Like I, I fitness test my athletes uh, for each phase of hybrid, and we do some simple tests. We do. Uh, I have a five minute running test that we do because we just don't have that much time, and we just see how much you've improved at the end of the eight week cycle. Um, and we have, um, I have one test, which is for a muscular endurance test. That's, um, it's, it's 20 front rack squats, uh, and with dumbbells with, uh, I think I was kind to them and did like the, the men did like 35s and the women did 25s, but, um, it's, you do 10, I'm oh, sorry, 20 of those 10 burpees and as many rounds as you could get in 10 minutes. Um, which was a really good, brutal, that's rough, (laughs) brutal test, brutal test, weighted burpees, weighted burpees. Oh, weighted burpees. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So you have to pick the dumbbells up each time. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a great fitness test that they all like had massive improvements on the second time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's, there's so many things. I mean, lunge tests could be, could be something you could do a lunging and wall balls hybrid thing with like um which are it's like 
you know, 12 lunges, 12 wall balls for X for six minutes. How like max reps. 60 minutes. Just go Dylan Scott style Just do it for 90 minutes. of wall balls This workout is going to take two hours and 48 <laughs> minutes. Our heart rate is going to stay at 98 the entire time. Like, <laughs> yeah, try it. Not nah, I'll, I'll pass. Um, that's interesting. Okay, I like I like stuff like that. What do you think a good What do you think a ten mile for an elite? If someone wants to come in and compete at the elite level for a high rocks, what kind of ten mile do you think they should run? You have to be under sixty. I think under you have 60. to be under sixty to under to do 60. that. I, which I don't think is like an unreasonable number. Six minutes. You're talking about. Yeah, six minute miles for ten miles. If you're trying to be like an elite level high rocks, I mean, because the top guys are running about six minute miles, so during the race. So for if you can't K, run, right. yeah, and I I equate it to marathon pace. So if you can't do it for ten miles, you're you're not, you can't be losing thirty seconds a mile, or more, and think you're going to be in this race. That's two and a half minutes that you'd have to make up in other places. Right, and that would be if you. What would that be for? Um... Your like, what would that equate out like a sixty minute, um, ten mile? What would that be for like a, a marathon? marathon? You think? Yeah, have a oh, probably here, but... probably like a three hour marathon, maybe. Right. Like so if you're running five, so you would lose a lot of time, even if that was your bet. Like, and if you translate it to what your marathon would be for someone like Let's you who's running six minutes, maybe it's call it maybe 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 that's like a two. That's yeah, probably two fifty five. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to be able to run. And I think that's a lot of it is like being able to build up the volume enough to be able to race 10 miles, I think should be a goal for people. Cause I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many people can race a full 10 miles coming in like on the road in this hybrid area, just based on volume alone, right? Like how many I mean, miles it's people an, are running? It's an hour race. Like what are we talking about? It's an hour race. It hurts like the Dickens. But it, but it, it really does. It is a miserable event, but it is a great event. You know, you know, yeah. you're, just just be happy. I didn't say half marathon, which I, I honestly like. I've never actually like, race raced a half marathon. Me neither. I've never raced a half marathon. I've just I like guess, done them. I guess. Yeah, I guess the thing is, I look at like the stickers on the sides of, on the backs of people's cars, and it says like half. <laughs> it says like thirteen point one, and I'm like. You might as well just have a sticker on the car that says 5K. Like, like you're like, yeah, I, I do have half, those stickers. I yeah. did half of a marathon. Like, you're literally, like, like, bragging that you did half of something. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I understand, like, okay, I want to, like, get really fast at a half marathon. Like, I totally understand that. Like, I ran it in this time last time. I want to run it in this time this time. But I don't understand, like, the mentality of, like, I'm really proud that I finished a half marathon. Because... Because you're literally really proud that you did half of something that people are really proud of. But it's twice as much as a 10K. You never know. Someone could be coming from a serious surgery, you know, never oh, no, want to step no, no, no. in their life. I get it. But I'm talking – we're talking about – we're again, we're still talking about elite guys, oh, right? Yeah, so yeah, like – so if we're talking about giving them, a, <laughs> giving them something to train for or giving them a, a fitness test, you know, it's like, yeah. As a fitness test, it's excellent. As a as a, I just finished, you know, I think most top guys, there's very few things that you look at and you're like, I'm so proud I finished. Like, no. Even I mean, even when I ran that JFK 50 miler, I was really relieved it was over. I was like, God damn, that got really that got really horrible. But I wasn't like, 
But I was also like literally looking at my time and I was like, okay, here's what I was hoping I was get would get. Here's what I got. Like there were still uh, there were time objectives involved. It was not just a right. finish objective. Yeah, it would have to be a twenty four hour race for me or something like that. Or like yeah, like if I yeah. Like a hundred miler or something would that be something where I'd be like, "Holy shit!" Like that was I finished. I finished. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, I would say like because the odds are like like in a marathon, you're relieved as hell it's over because you're like, man, there was a good chance that like I could have blown up and not finished this race. But but you're not like, wow, I'm so proud I finished. You're like, right. no I'm doubt. relieved. I'm relieved I finished. And right. I think you'd be really proud of a hundred miles. And some people, I just think that like a lot of people should just be aiming bigger than mm. you know. When I see the when I see the sticker, if I see the five k sticker, I'm like, what what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? <laughs> just got space on their car. Slap it on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, having bigger goals. I guess that's the what that all boils down to is perspective. That, yeah. Okay, I can appreciate and, that. Then. And I and I get the perspective. Like, yeah, if you're coming back, you, major injury. All right, I, I couldn't run. Now I can. Whatever. Like, that's totally a different scenario. But like, if we're talking about a healthy person. You know, a typical client that comes into the gym. I'm like, listen, you should be proud of what time you ran that half marathon in. You should mm-hmm. be proud. You took two minutes off it. You should not be proud that you just finished. Because I expect you to have the fitness to finish. Right. Or or being proud of the, the training that they put in leading to whatever time they got. Right? Like proud of running yeah. six days a week or something like that. Like that I think is a good Dude. a good goal. <clears throat> and same same yeah. for like uh, the 5K or marathon, right? Because like, I tell people that too. It's like you could go out and do a marathon sometimes. People ask like, oh, do you think I'll be ready for this race in six weeks? I'm like, you'll finish. It will yeah, probably finish. suck. It'll suck really bad for. <laughs> it'll suck really bad. You most walk of it, a, you might walk a lot. Walk. Yeah. yeah, but you'll definitely finish. You can. Anybody can. I. I think anybody could finish. Most. Well, people. as long as like, you, you make the time cut off. Like, like right. you it's see the guy. I, I am really proud of the guy who is like the last dude in the marathon, and he's like walking. And they're cleaning up the barricades behind him as he's going the whole way. Yeah. And I'm like, the mental capacity that it takes to not like be like, screw this. Be embarrassed. As they literally yeah. – they are, they are cleaning up the course. They're <laughs> removing the barricades as you are coming by. It is it – is, it must be just mortifying. And So like I am proud of that guy for sure for just getting it done. Like that is a totally different scenario. I think about that too for just like training purposes. Like imagine how long it took that guy to get a 10-mile run in. We can go do a 10-mile run in like 70 minutes and it will be no problem. It would take him like two hours. and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Just that's for like good, doing – That's what I'm saying. Like how do you – how does that guy get his four or five 18 to 22-mile runs in before his race? You know, it's like, okay, hey, we got guys, we got six hours, seven hours free on Saturday. <laughs> Let's let's, yeah. let's let's go get in some volume of work. Like I clear my brutal. schedule all weekend. Yeah, I know. I think about that a lot too. Like, yeah, like people are like impressed with speed and stuff like that. But I'm like, I'm doing a lot. It's taking me a lot less time. That's the thing. People, people are, how'd you find the time to run 70 miles this week? And I'm like, because I did it in seven, seven hours. hours. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like 
<laughs> like regular stuff. Is your volume <laughs> up? Is, is your uh, what kind of hours are you putting in now? Uh, right now, I've been deloading for the last couple weeks. Actually, I had a seventy mile week a couple weeks ago. Nice. Uh, out of nowhere, but then I kind of ran in the mid forties the last couple weeks. I'm um, I'm uh, giving the legs just a little break. I think a mental break just to like I just you know I ran like twenty five hundred miles this past year and. Uh, you, you're not that far off of competing, really. Like, did the marathon, did OCR stars, which is still effort, and then yeah, oh yeah. and then did a high rocks. So like there wasn't a ton of down. I think the between week, now and then the week after high rocks. I actually can check right here. The week after high rocks. Where's my stuff? There it is. Um, we had well. So what happened was I ran the marathon. And got, I don't know, I think I ran like 56 miles that week, including the marathon. Which yeah, is, no, which no, is November. Is or 43 that? miles that week. November 6th. Oh, yeah, yeah. 57 November miles. 7th? That, yeah, it's November 7th. So 57 miles, including the marathon. So like 30 miles that week leading up to it. Like really just like a bunch of like, I did one like normal run and then a bunch of like four mile runs that week. And then um, 43 miles. Then, then, uh, then the week of High Rocks, I ended up running uh, – High Rocks was the 21st. So I ended up running was, 56 yeah. miles. I ran 56 miles that week. So I I made that uh, – I wanted I, – I just trained through that. I just kept running. And then the week after High Rocks, I ran 57 miles. So, you know, just, just, just continuing to go. Abu Dhabi, I ran nothing. I ran 24 <laughs> miles that week. And then uh, right. after Abu Dhabi, I wanted to make up some miles, so I ran 70 and then 59, 60, uh, and then uh, just kind of eased in 43, 41 the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm doing like a little strength cycle right now. I'm doing a lot of strength. Um, I'm doing one thing for fun I'm doing is I'm doing a minimum of 100 push-ups a day for the whole year. So kind of oh, nice. like E-Rock's doing his burpees every day burpees. or his uh, – or his now he's doing squats every day. I'm actually just doing push-ups because I just want to make my shoulders a little stronger. So mm-hmm. minimum 100 push-ups no matter what I have on the schedule that day. And so Broken up like I, 10 by 10 throughout the day or 100 in one shot? Um, it depends on the day. Um, but I've been doing like a lot – you know, often it's like right before bed and I just do like 10 sets of 10. I'm doing it like – like I'm not – I don't want to be sore the next right. day from it. I'm just right. doing – it's just like – it's just added volume. It's kind of like – like if you run every day for like a year, you're – your durability just goes way up and your uh you just like develop like a huge boost in your aerobic capacity just from the consistent effort and even if you're not like doing anything fancy um so it's kind of like that i'm just i just want to build some extra strength around my elbows and my shoulders and so it's just like bonus work but i'm but i'm doing you know uh a high rock sim every week or two and i'm doing uh, a lot of lifts like i have an hour lift this evening and i did uh massive squat workout the other day that like crippled me um where i was doing you know i was progressively getting the loading the bar heavier but i was still doing sets of like 12 to 15 in the mid to like 250 or so (laughs) it was very painful afterwards it was a mistake um and um i'm doing a lot of workouts with like i might like a lot of my running right now is like i'm doing 400s or 800s and then grabbing a, a barbell and doing cleans and deadlifts. And then um, I did I did a variation of 12 Days of Christmas the other day with 800-meter runs. 
and my own exercises in there. So it was like the first what time. Did you do you the, like, was the eight hundred? Was it was that the one or was that the? 12? Oh, sorry, that was a, that was the four hundred. Excuse me. Um, that uh, the four hundred was twelve times. And so okay. I did like 400. And the next time you did like Come cleans and 400. Two cleans. Then, yeah. Then it was like, then it was, but then the numbers were crazy. It was like, you know, six TRX tricep extensions and two cleans and a 400. And then it was like four deadlifts, six clean or six tricep extensions, two cleans and a 400. And then <laughs> it was like it more confusing. <laughs> it was way more confusing. It was like 15 wall balls was in there. I had like uh, 15 calories on the air bike was in there. And then one of the rounds was sled push. So now I had a, now I had a 600 pound sled push thrown in there. It was like, it got insane. I got, I was on the last round, just like, please let this be over. It had like a five. Did it take like ski. 70 minutes? <laughs> took me 60, 68 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That work oh, gets confusing by itself, even if it's just I didn't like, find it confusing at all, but that's how my brain works. I like that stuff. I I'm can't like, keep track of that workout for one second. I'm like, where am I? How many? I was like sick. I was, like kind, of sick. I was like kind of sick when I did that workout, and um, I, I had a cold. I did not have COVID. I tested twice. Kate tested twice. We gave it to the whole family. They all tested negative. Everybody's negative, but uh, but we did. That was my first time doing a workout like that, like doing that kind of thing, and um, that's where I figured out my toaster bar. Um, ah. so I was real proud of that. Now, now you have those for OCR Star Season Three. Maybe I hope that he does a in person thing. That'd be cool if we did an OCR Stars invite or something. I also think that he needs to do the the running on a track. Like you're on a track. This is how it is. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. using their stupid Strava and downhills and bullshit like this. But also, right. um, like, don't have the track events have pull-up bars. That's like, the thing. Like, yeah, if it was just uh, thrusters and burpee over the dumbbells or something like that, that would have been equally as brutal probably. I also um, think, like, yeah, and, like, you know, the the scoring system was just terrible for the, for the gripper chipper. Um, I know. Terrible. I know. Because – I murdered that deadlift, and then I would have done way more, but I was so scared of the dead hang that I didn't want to blow my grip. Um, and then there was nothing for the pull-ups, and I was like, well, why? I did like 25 pull-ups. I was like, why would I do any more pull-ups than this? Like, you know, and that was just because of the software that he was using. It wasn't anything other than that because you couldn't input the the scores that how he originally wanted it into the competition corner. It wasn't like, like well, was a he good could have He could have said, take your amount of time and – divide by 10 that's and what then like, put that number in jack had Problems. some system like that yeah i i don't i don't know what jack thought but that was my thought was like similar to i thought i thought that the pull-ups were were about they were like 10x op you know what i mean they were overpowered by like 10x oh yeah and um probably yeah because imagine if imagine if you just had to bang pull up i mean also I, it yeah. could have just been dead deadlifted pull up could have just been like Hey, you have five minutes to get your work up to your deadlift, or six minutes, or whatever it was, and then you have six minutes to get max deadlifts weighted. Done. Yeah, your grip's gonna go. Dead hang is. I I agree with you. I don't think it's a good competitive thing to test, <laughs> uh, or or indicative of OCR success. Even though the world champion in OCR in Spartan race did have the best dead hang. Still, he did. I mean, listen, I I think it's a good thing, but it could have been its own thing, and then it wouldn't have been such a. I mean, I just think that like if if make the deadlift matter and make the pull ups matter, but um, more more than they did. So, yeah, you know, I'm 
I, I'm also maybe salty because I maybe I would have won that event if it had been just pull ups and deadlift. But right, you know. And Kent, Kent too. Kent had a like he got screwed pretty bad on that. You guys both. That was a that was that was a tough go for, for the strong dudes in that one. But if yes. it was in person, it wouldn't have to be. It could be scored however, like it would see fit. Right? It was because initially it was supposed to be, if you got first in the deadlift, which you would have got first or second, I think, and then. If I got eighth, you would have one point. I had eight points, and then if we and then the eight, next one, yeah, you yeah, get fourth yeah. and fifth, and then the de- like, which makes a little bit more sense, you know. It's, that's it's, how it's, I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's how it was supposed. And to be. I, I, I be honest with you, man, I got a baby on the way. I, I'm flying to very little things this year. That's like, true. That's I, true. you know, like I get, I'm not going to get to do any of the high rocks races between uh, U.S. champs and world champs. Like that's it. Just since when um. When's due date? March 13th. So like eight days after the New York race and like a week and a half before the Boston race or something. Like it's like, it's not great timing for that. So I would say, uh, um, you know, I was going to send, I'm sending clients to both of those races. So I really wanted to be there, but it's just, it's not in the cards. And, uh, you know, people are like, I, I might run grandma's, uh, marathon. I told Hunter. Actually, Hunter put it on his schedule because I told him to because he's looking for a, a summer marathon. But my wife is like, please don't do that. Because right, I signed up. <laughs> I signed up for the Berlin Marathon without even um, without even consulting her. Like I told her, I was like, I really want to run Berlin, and she's like, We'll talk about it. And then like the next day, I just had signed up. You're on and- your phone as you, as you're talking to her. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm signed up. Got no, my and then. Yeah, she was pissed. But, I mean, she's like, I understand the reasons you want to do it, but, like, we have to make decisions together, you idiot. Um, and like, totally get that. Learn, I, I mean, I just look at marriage like, is. You just learn. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to keep this marathon thing up. I had to stay in shape for an extra year of marathon anyways because they canceled New York the year before, which was my A race the year before, which everyone's like, why are you running this marathon? Why do you care so much? And I was like, because I just trained for it for, like, two years. That's why I cared about it. Like, yeah. Like, and I continue to train for it while training for high rocks, which is hard as shit. So yeah. I just, you know, it's, it's still like, that volume built up. Mine as yeah. well, because things are going to change. Yeah, I mean, change. that's it. And it's like I was like, whenever again in my life can I? Will I have this fitness to go for a a Berlin Marathon like all out effort on the fastest major course in the world? And I was like, I don't know. Is is sub two thirty possible? Are you going to bulk up? I don't think so. I think that'll let that be Hunter's thing. I debated it. I was honestly, I'm so close to that record. But who would be? What matters more, Rich? This is what I had to sit and think to myself. Like, what matters more? Being the fastest man at 200 pounds in some unofficial record that nobody can even keep track of or <laughs> cracking 230. You could be the first one. It could be all-star. Then we'll know. David Magida has it. It's not like, oh, some guy, some six, seven guy has it. It'd be like, David McGee has it. Honestly, I, I, but, think but, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to cut to like 180. I was going to say, to me, like, sub 230 is cooler. <laughs> I, think being, sub, I think sub 230 is cooler. So I'll high yeah. rocks hard through world championships in May, and then I'll have from May till September to like just run, 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 run. We see a DecaFit in uh, any of them? AC? You got to do at least one. To get your time. I told Yancey, I was like, this is BS, man. Like, just put me into Atlantic City. I don't think I can make any of those races on that schedule work. There's, like, none on the East Coast except for, like, uh, 
They're on the fall. Providence. Yeah, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's like, I might as well fly to like Texas if I'm going to fly to Rhode Island. Like, that's far. It's super far from me. Yeah. So that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a. a I don't know if you know they have. A, you'd probably have to fly into Boston or something. Even. I don't have no um, idea. And so I'm like, I'm like, dude, like I have the second fastest deck of fit time ever. Why do I have to qualify? Why do you have to qualify? I don't know. This, they didn't have a championship money. for us. They, they didn't, didn't have a championship for us. You'll probably win that. I can't envision anybody beating you in that. Maybe. Well, Kent will be good. And, and if Hunter decides to do it, I mean. No, I don't think cause... either of them. No, I don't think so. I don't think they could beat me in that event either. Just the bike. I, I just that power output on that bike. You know, if they can be around. I just don't think that they can run within sixty seconds of you on the running, and that's mm. enough right there. Mm. I just think that that the speed that you're running at is just it's just too fast. So personally, um, well, I, ho- I hope that's the case. That would be great because we ran. I don't. Most people don't know this, but the course that we ran at uh, West Palm was like the um, one of the slowest setups that they had ever had and so yancey informed me of that that the way it was designed they they, they would think we ran long they, we probably mm. ran about a minute longer than no way they, they say a minute a minute a minute the, longer because uh, dallas was short whatever they did last year in dallas was just like yes the one where killian and york yeah yeah that's so either we were long or they were short but i think that they were short is what yeah. Yancey was actually telling me so yancey said that um, the previous year's stuff and all the test runs that they did, the running sections were short. Okay, that makes sense. That because it does, and they, it seems like they had fixed it. They got one coming up next weekend in Austin. So that'd be interesting. I don't to see know, how. man. I don't. I don't. I have to specialize for it. Uh, that's the thing is, that I got a dial in speed that I just didn't have when we did it because I was running threshold for everything. Yeah, I know exactly. Like, I, like when I'm looking at November, I'm like, I'm gonna see. You best 5k shape i could get into it's like if i get into like 1450 shape it's like yeah you'll obliterate you'd obliterate everyone because like hunter and kent probably can't crack 16 even in even if they peak this year so you'd have such a massive advantage on just the run and then like those step overs those lunges none of that can, time can be really gained on on you no and the rowing what well, they could take five seconds like yeah. the, the bike they could take 15 max on you and then you know it's like those over the walls they're not any faster than you at no. the sled the push maybe is... five seconds that they can yeah. be faster than you on and then the burpees they'll probably be the same as you at best yeah you know so i i just don't see a station where like maybe the farmers carries hunter will gain a little bit of time but it's a hundred meters, so short. so short. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, what's what's nice about it is that it's not like there's such a huge time between high rocks and then that deca that it's like I can almost completely change the way I'm training. But if you're doing if Berlin is what, when is Berlin? September. Uh, Berlin is September. So yeah, um, so you could you could sharpen up. You have a big base, throw a couple five k, throw like a five k cycle in there, you'll be ready to rock. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not till November. It's uh, it's possible. Right. We'll see. I mean, a lot of this depends it. on what I can get away with with my wife. You know, That's true. I'm, I got my kid. I want. I'm. I don't want to miss seeing my kid growing up. You know, that's the first six months. So I got all the traveling for Spartan. 
for broadcasting, which we're going to have to figure out if it's even possible for the first part of the year or not. And, right. and you know, races and uh, work, you know, we'll see. You got stuff. Um, cool, dude. Well, let you run. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I'll make sure to link to all your socials and everything like that. And we'll look forward to seeing you. We'll see you at the Spartan. So wherever Spartan ends up, you'll be broadcasting them potentially. I mean, <laughs> well, let's see. Because the first race of the year is like literally, I think it's like the day oh, it's before. Be like on the day. It's yeah. like the day of our due date or the day before or something. So, um, I don't know, man. Like I told them, listen, if you guys, I said like maybe like Watson and Hammond are like the guys on the ground that day and they just send me the video to lay a voiceover. Like I can, yeah. I can probably do that. I yeah. definitely do that, but I can't be there. And, um, you know, we'll kind of roll from there. And I don't, I don't like when anybody subs for me because I don't want them to be like, well, this person's a cheaper option than Megita because that's what's happened in the past. And, and but the other thing is that like just the knowledge about who these athletes are is, is there's not that many people who know and that can that have the broadcasting skill with it. Like there's not the combination that that you have. Maybe like Bracken could do something like that, but that he's like the only other person I could really see that would be able to. To fill your shoes in any in any respect without kissing your ass, well, like you do know who the athletes are, which is important. I've been wanting, I, I have been pushing hard for for Bracken to be my co-host for like years, for years, and just like they're just always budget cutting somewhere, and they just never do it. And I'm like, he's Bracken and I work great together, and we've hosted a number of episodes together, but it just has not panned out and he would be my number one choice but i don't want him to replace me so <laughs> <laughs> um, i love i love this this gig i love doing you know helping to grow the sport and and putting the athletes on a pedestal and i would like to take over a greater production side role of this to do more with like showing the state of the series leading into the races and introing the athletes more ahead of the race and and doing more stuff like that i think is really important that Right now, the budget is just very low, and they're basically – it's a skeleton crew throwing these together. And yeah. I would love to be able to just have a little bit more time – not even time, more people to speed it up because we used to have like a 10-man crew on it, and now it's like three guys. So it's just mm-hmm. really hard. Like, did you see what the Golden Trail series is doing, the, tra- uh, the trail racing series? Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing some, some – seems like similar. Like they're getting – they're showing insight like of a, a, a consistent series of these races and the same athletes they're like talking to over and over and showing some of the race. I mean, it's hard to get that type of coverage of those races. But at least you kind of know what's going on. And it seems to be produced pretty well. and just all comes out at one time. Yeah. And it's not hard if you have the footage to throw a picture in picture into the corner of the screen while they're racing. And you've got a shot right. of of uh, Rich Ryan. And they're like, it's like we caught up with Rich Ryan earlier. And it's like, and it's like Rich Ryan over here talking about how he put in this great training cycle and he's you know been really excited to run in the sand in Abu Dhabi. Like it right. just it, it just adds so much to it and we just I I think uh you know we had different production crews multiple consecutive years and that has made things difficult because I have to earn their trust before I can provide input. And you'll you'll notice Got that it. if you watch the Utah race. I had to like earn their trust again. And so that's We'll have a, we, we, I don't know who we're going to have handling it next year. So I, I just, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle right. for me to, to, to have input and make it better. But I, I try. 
I try hard. <laughs> well, they did get better as the season went on, that's for sure, in terms of with the voiceover and, and, and telling the story of what's happened. Because Utah, there wasn't. They didn't let me voice. There was no voiceover. They wouldn't let me. That they, was just like, if you didn't know what was going on, if you didn't know, you didn't know. Right? Like, I liked it because I knew what was happening. But I couldn't imagine, like, seeing, watching that it, without any idea what the sport is. It was hard. They flew me out there to do a couple stand-ups, and that was it. And I was like, yeah. this is really important. Um, that that we do more and so then in the next race was Asheville they let me do a voiceover and I had I had to drive 45 minutes to the race site back to the race site from my hotel at 10 at night to begin to record voiceover and I finished at uh 1 in the morning and then drove back um my wife mm. was back at the hotel and she was like, oh, okay, you're back. Cool. It's like middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> but that was better. It was a better quality product then. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, people don't, I think they don't realize we have one guy editing video, one guy editing the oh, whole yeah. thing with like six cameras. It's just, that's why it takes forever to it put it week. out. Yeah. I wish it didn't. That's okay. I'm, I'm glad it comes out at all. I mean, it, people want the live stuff, but the live stuff's just not. I'd rather the, the quality so quality bad. be better. I, I agree. You it's need like a, too much downtime, and you need a hundred thousand dollars, and they need courses very specifically designed to make the live work. Live works for like stadium race, or live would work for Deca Fit for Deca High Rocks or whatever. It, if they did it right, yeah. I mean, we could we could, High Rocks. Oh, High Rocks feed. They cut away from the feed in Dallas halfway through the race so that they could focus on the relay. Oh, so they could go run the relay. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know they even had a feed. Is that up? They didn't. Is, is they, on- they had a feed, but it, it goes away halfway through. And also, the actual uh, like video that they were shot, they even took those guys and took them away from the elite race to go focus on the relay in the middle oh, of the really? race. So there's no footage of the second half of our race. <laughs> was the relay at least cool to watch? I don't know. It happened while my race was on. They had us yeah, sign up. They had Lauren Weeks and I on a team. And um, and then they were like, yeah, like if your race takes an hour, we're starting 40 minutes after you guys start. So if the race takes an hour, you can go straight to the fourth station and you can run the fourth leg. <laughs> and I was like, that's not happening. Like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's not happening. But I was like, just give us an hour. I'll try and I'll try and run a thousand meters twice. You know, like I think I can right. do that after. I mean, I, I would, would consider doing terrible. that. It won't go well, but it won't be. It would still be fine if all the elites were in the same boat. That'd be fine. I think High, High Rocks had two teams that, like, their staff were on. I think they went one, two, and I think they were excited about that. So, must know. be the, the main deal. <laughs> um, all right. I'm trying to let you go again. Thanks a lot, dude. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon.